Can you imagine having the control alt delete function in life? We did, and that's how we came up with this podcast. Get ready to enter a world where we tackle the things you think but dare not say. Where nothing is off limits and everything is fair game. Often known to be direct, we wanted to bring our conversation to you. Sometimes we problem solve, sometimes we just vent. Come on in, take your shoes off, grab your favorite bevy, and let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Control-Alt-Delete, where Beck and I talk about all the things that we would like to Control-Alt-Delete in our lives. And I'm not going to lie, this week has been a doozy. Hi, everyone. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Um, I'm not sure who to let go first, because I feel like this could be like a big one, and it's only week two. Well, I would like to know first how your uh, deleting Netflix from your life has gone since oh, last week. I thought you were going to ask how my coronavirus was going. Um, <clears throat> great. I've only watched the shows that I've downloaded at night after I've done all the work that I wanted to do. Oh, like you rewarded yourself like a five-year-old. That's really good. My sticker chart is going well. I even right. just rewarded myself, as I just showed you, with peanut butter and Nutella on toast. So you've rewarded yourself because you haven't watched it? Well, oh, no. Usually I reward myself with Netflix or a TV show because I've done the work I was supposed to do or done the things I was supposed to Because Rob's been away. Like even now, you know how this is. I've got a massive pile of like maybe three loads of washing or two loads that need to be hung out and maybe two that need to be folded. And he no, I've got no idea what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> And so I was just sick of looking at it. And I got to tell you, and this is what I know from working with my clients, is I love that clean space when I've folded it all. Oh, yeah, that me too. feeling of that. So I've got to tap into that and just go, that's where I'm heading to. I'm going to the clean space. Now, full disclosure, I folded and it did sit in the basket for two days. But then I put it away. I don't know what that I is. Feel like what is that? I feel like if your nest is messy, your mind is messy. That's I always say that. My mum used my, to say, Amanda, a messy room is a messy mind. And I'd be like, as if. Well, I'm not really worried about my room because I, I to be honest, I was I when I lived at a lot home of time and in that there. was my space, you know. Yeah. Like the rest of the room, my dad. I yeah. used to say to my dad, we don't live in a display home, you know. But yeah. now I feel that in my house. You're right. Uh, well, your husband probably would like to live in a display home, to be honest. To be honest. I mean, the people we're renting from must be the most grateful people in the history of the world because he's the most house-proud human other than my father that I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah, I agree there. Sometimes I'd like a Rob in my life. Mm. <laughs> I've got to tell you, though, not having a Rob in my life for two weeks has made a significant difference. Difference. I'm not upset that he's traveled. Oh, are we cancelled. having an appreciation for Rob oh, right now? So appreciative. And you wait. Oh, well, let's document the first message I sent you and be like, you know what he did now? I wonder how yeah. long that's going to take. But he does so much around here. Like the washing, for instance, it's not me. That's him. I only fold washing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, huge. I mean, when people come over for a birthday and he vacuums under their feet while they're eating cake, that's less than ideal. But you know, you just got to pick your well, maybe, Yeah, well, maybe they shouldn't make a mess. Mate, that's his point. People shouldn't crumb. They're grown-ass adults. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Lean over your plate a little bit more, people, please. Oh, don't, don't. That's no dinner good. parties at your house. Mm-mm. Kids' parties so, are banned from our house. I shouldn't drink on a podcast. Everyone here that's slurping. Yeah. My beautiful Great. coffee. Thank you for that. Podcast rookie. Just eat and slurp in the microphone. 
Um, I'd like you to go first this week because I feel like this could be uh, interesting. Okay. I've tried to make it broad knowing that this podcast is forever in the ether of the internet. Mm. And so I'll tell you what I'm going to control or delete. And it obviously relates to something that happened yesterday. But I'm going to control alt delete, which I always have panic from my life and everybody else's life. I'm not taking anybody's on. Everybody in Australia is going cray cray. Now it could be for a certain number of reasons. And you've tapped in on this for yourself a little bit this week in that I think everybody was already starting to be like, now's the time where everybody gets a bit heightened of the after effects of the bushfires, right? Like, so we're back to normal, whatever Australia's new normal is. Yep. And then this new thing hits. And I think there's only a certain number of hits you can take before you go, all right, I think the world's going to end and we should all be super careful and stockpile toilet paper for a year, right? But, but <laughs> there are certain things that should not happen, like getting proper healthcare, like trying to do the right thing should be rewarded with a proper appointment. And I will go into that. But here's the thing that I know. Panic doesn't solve anything. Like, mm. imagine if in the peak of your town being shut down and being on fire and your husband fighting that, you just panicked with three kids. Like, what? I'm sure there's people that were and people that have less coping mechanisms than us, but it's starting to become ridiculous. And I don't really know the answer. I'm just putting the problem out there, which is very unlike me. I don't think we need an answer. Yeah, I think it just is. Yeah, and I, I think sometimes, sometimes I wish I could be that panic person though because... Um, we talk about this. Wouldn't that be a nice like, luxury to just be like, oh my God, and have someone else fix our problems? Yeah, and just be like, drop your bundle and go, ah, I can't deal. Can't someone do else needs to do this. I will tell you this. If Rob comes home from America tomorrow and we have to be in isolation with our children for two weeks, <laughs> send help because I'm just pressing the panic button. And what's really funny, which won't be if it happens, is that mem that I sent you the other day that said, what's worse than coronavirus? It's being in lockdown with your kids for two weeks. If I was in lockdown without my kids, freaking amazing. With my kids? You reckon there's someone what? that wants to take my kids for two weeks? <laughs> Can you tell me for our listeners out there that might be yeah. listening to this down the track? And so this could potentially be old news. Or they may not have somehow heard about the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. But why would Rob be... And how does that happen? Like, who tells him... Well, I don't actually know yet. That's the problem. So he's currently on a plane from New York to LA or to Dallas, wherever he's going. And then he'll fly from America to Australia. And we won't really know until he lands at Sydney Airport because it's Australian protocols. Americans won't know what Australians doing. He hasn't had any emails or anything from Qantas. Um, so travel isn't banned. His company, he's supposed to be going to the States three times over the next couple of months, but they've now banned, they've now stopped his next two trips. Well, in the next one, definitely, which was in a week's time. And then at the end of April, he's supposed to be going for another one, but we don't know until he lands. We don't know if he'll get tested when he gets off the plane, if they'll just tell him to stay home for two weeks to see if any symptoms come out. Because based on my experience yesterday, I don't think they're just testing everyone because resources are limited. Like how are they going to test everybody who has a sniffly nose and a sore throat and potentially a fever? Like if you're asymptomatic, you can't just test everyone. But 
there are also two people who landed in Melbourne from America who walked around unknowing and turns out a few days later that they had coronavirus and had been to North Melbourne markets and a jazz festival. <laughs> so you just don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen when he lands. That's the point. Yeah. So let me explain why I want to eliminate panic. I went to a doctor yesterday who was, you know this story, but was in sheer panic. She was dressed like a CDC agent, like in a hazmat suit practically. All I could see were her eyes and she had the fear of death in her. And she gave me the most half-assed consult. And the thing that pissed me off the most was that she wasn't trying to give me a diagnosis. She was trying to eliminate coronavirus. And I had a couple of things I wanted her to check out. One was my sore throat, which she shone a torch from across the room at and said, you're okay. She literally went, like, and you know when you're trying to look at something from far away and she was like peeking closer and I was like, is this serious? And then after she got through my half-assed consult about eliminating coronavirus, I asked her to check something like a scalp, a sore on my scalp that I've had for months and I'm quite concerned could be skin cancer because we live in Australia. And she tried to tell me to come back at a different time when things weren't so busy. Oh, yeah. It's so dismissive too. Just, and... The thing that probably, I'm finding very hard to nail down the thing that annoyed me the most, but the thing that probably annoyed me the most was that she was going through things in her head to tick off, but she was not listening to my answers. So even if I had Mm. symptoms that were close to coronavirus, she wasn't listening to me at all. She Mm -hmm. paid zero attention to the fact that I've been sending my kids to school every day. Zero attention to how long I've had my symptoms for. She just wanted to know if I'd been overseas, if I had a fever, if I'd come into contact with anyone from overseas. I live in Sydney. There are plenty of people who go home to China over Christmas and have come back to school. Um, Imagine if you went back to her next week after Rob being home. Oh, I know. I was like, should I tell her like, I yes. home tomorrow? She would have fainted. I have absolutely been in contact with someone. <laughs> Which is why I'm just going to fully expect that we get isolated or quarantined. And here's my thing. Do I go and stock up on groceries now? Because God knows I can't do it online because I won't get delivered for two weeks. So do we starve? But couldn't they deliver? Can't they deliver? Deliveries are out of whack. You'd go on there and they can't deliver for like like last week. It was like four days. Oh, poor you. How how is that not going to have to go and do a shop tomorrow? Groceries delivered. Wow. Oh, because you live in Korea. I get where you're going with this. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) Do you know what I could do instead? Maybe we should get sponsored by Uber because it's twice we've mentioned them in two episodes. I could just Uber eats every night. Oh, Brenda Vivola. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's me. I'm like, the thing that... So you're controlled deleting panic. Because her panic solved nothing. She, look, if I was anybody else that didn't know about the human body or how to look after myself, I would have zero coping mechanisms or understand anything. anything, I would probably be fear-ridden because of how she treated me because of her panic. It just yeah. brings more panic. And this is what the media has a lot to answer for because there are businesses, like the economy is suffering just because of how it's being presented. Like it's, are you going to give feedback on this? What do you like, mean? Not to the world, to them, to the clinic, to be yeah, like... I keep going backwards and forwards. I think I might. I think I might message the clinic director because let me tell you what she did. And after friends who, have, who are nurses have said to me, that's not okay. She hand sanitized over her gloves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. Yeah. Like she's hairnet 
mask, all I could see and all the skin was here, right? She should have worn a bike helmet. Had one of those chambers that you walk into that you just turn around and it just sprays the hazmat ones that just sprays. Like a scuba on the plane Steve. In here, she could put like, scuba Steve on. There's one waiting in. <laughs> Um, Rob said he got on the plane in New York and it just smelled like cleaning products. I was like, well, there's that. It makes you very, I'm sure you're very happy right now. Mm. Anywho, so panic. Panic serves no one, including you. I understand being cautious and I understand knowing the facts mm. and I understand being considerate of other people, particularly those who could be prone to mm. getting, being like in danger if they get this. I also understand the amount of people and volume of work that she probably has because of this, but panic helps no one, including yourself. Like what is this? Everything I do is like, what is the desired outcome? Is this serving towards the desired outcome? And if it's not, it has no business being in my life. Yeah. That's yeah, my Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't think panic but is required anywhere unless you're literally like hanging off a cliff and only to get your adrenaline to get the sheer strength of Superman to get yourself. I think we should ask our listeners though about your panic. And are you a panic person or are you a composed person? And I want to be super specific here. I'm not talking about, and there is a crossover that if you're someone who suffers anxiety, that this could trigger that. I'm talking like, if you're a generally even killed person, are you more prone to panic in situations? Like it's coronavirus, something like coronavirus, using that as an example, has that caused you to panic or to just chill the hell out and just take facts as they are? Mm. It's interesting. It'd be yeah. a good self-reflective exercise. Yeah. And it's funny because when we do these podcasts, we don't actually tell each other no. what our control alt delete is going to be for the week. No, but I, feel like I you know that we. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was actually going to go, you were going to like delete coronavirus. Yeah, or doctors. I thought it was going to be, you know. Um, so it's quite funny that we, that you have chosen panic mm-hmm. and I have chosen the bushfires. Yes, I love it. You control all deleting the bushfires because they no yeah. longer exist. Yeah, I just. They're out. So people who are listening out there, I, I live. In the Upper Murray in Koryong, uh, northeast Victoria, and we were heavily impacted by the bushfires, you know, on the 30th of December. That felt like it lasted for, I think the one in New South Wales, they said, which crossed the border and they joined together, 55 days. Mm. Like that is Mm. just insane. And now our community, um, I was reading an article in the Age newspaper online yesterday about um, publicans that we have at Kajiwal Hotel and they are saying that they are seeing the mental health in our farmers and just in community members and it is horrific. It is so horrible and in my line of work, being a personal trainer, I see mental health all the time. Yeah. Um, You know, it's predominantly what I do. We exercise for the mind and body second, even though people would not always acknowledge that. It's what we do. Movement of the mind, body is a bonus second. Mm -hmm. Um, 
everyone is in this major slump at the moment. They yeah. are exhausted. And that's the um, general turnaround, right? Like now that it's out and you're in, it's yeah. like when you're grieving something, right? When you go back to yeah, normal absolutely. and you have to deal with the actual effects that that happens. Yeah, and everyone's doing the same. It's like Groundhog Day. Mm. Um, we're still fencing, you know, right. although it is cooler weather now, so it's better for fencing. But, you know, I think, I think this has come from... I really wasn't sure if I was going to have a control alt delete this week, but we went to the Katy Perry concert last night, which was amazing. It was in bright and Katy Perry put on this concert for everyone that was in fire affected areas. And she got the first responders up on stage and there was quite a few people up there that our first responders from Koryong, including our Sergeant from town. Yeah. And she was just so heartfelt. We didn't have to pay for the concert. She did it all for free. There were 7,000 tickets. Like unbelievable. It was so nice to go to something that wasn't a fundraiser, that you didn't have to put money into to raise yeah. money for someone, to put money towards something. It was just to say thanks um, and to give It you... was just to be like, be part of this. And it was quite overwhelming. At the end, I sort of had a bit of a teary with my kids and my mum was there. I took my mum... You know, because seeing the first responders up there, it was just like, oh, yeah, that's right. We went through this horrible bushfire situation. And some people probably... It's actually probably panic- the first time I've heard you refer to it as the bushfire, which is in itself is... Because usually you just say, the burning bitch, and you yeah. talk about her like she's like an actual person, whereas now you've kind of distanced yourself a bit, and you're, a bit and you're like, the bush... Even that in itself. yeah. Yeah, so I just, uh, like, I'm going to control or delete that from my life because there's absolutely no benefit to anyone to have And no reason to hold on to it, yeah. No, you know, and I think one of the biggest things about our control or delete, and I reflected after our first podcast last week, was it's kind of like um, I've done an exercise with some clients before. One is to, if you need to release someone from your life that's got some really negative energy, that's you know, just not serving you any purpose, that you write them a letter and you put it all down on paper as to how that has made you feel. And then you burn that piece of paper and that's releasing that. So you've written it all out, Mm. let go of all that emotion and that feeling attached to it. And then you've burnt that piece of paper. I feel like I'm at that point now with the bushfire where I'm like, I just want to release it and just let it go. For one of question, are you going to burn it? Too soon? No, too soon. Too soon. Water it to death? I don't even know if we can have fires yet at the moment. Uh, I love it though. I love that you're creating distance between you. Because uh, here's the thing. A lot of people, it's easy for me to say because I don't live in a bushfire affected area, Mm. but a lot of people are living like they're still in it. Mm -hmm. Like it's still existing right now. Mm. Because oddly, here's what happens in trauma is that that then becomes the safe place is that that then being in the trauma means you don't have to deal with the after effects and moving on because you're living in it that like the moving on is too scary because then you have to start dealing. So a lot of people are still living in it, even though the actual fire doesn't exist anymore, because the thought of what has to be done after is too much. Absolutely. And, um, you know, one of the effects of trauma in the body is when you're trying to release toxins, so you become sick, Mm -hmm. which is not a great time with coronavirus floating around. 
No. Um, but everyone's immune system becomes really low mm-hmm. and you see it in kids. And my <laughs> son is, his asthma is just flared up like no other. And it's his way of his body releasing the trauma. Like they're just so exhausted. Yeah. Like there's, I don't even think, it's not even a gastro that's going around town. People are just had enough. Yeah, they've just hit just rock like, bottom. can't like, do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I agree. So I am going to release, and it's, yeah. Um, so what's your advice? How are you going to release it? Like, so if someone's listening to this and they've been in a bushfire affected area, like what, given that you're a personal trainer, you help your clients with mental health, you're very passionate about mental health, you've been through the trauma yourself, what is it that you're going to do and what are you going to look out for? Well, I continue to talk. I'm a yeah. talker. I'm a voice. I, the more tools that I can get in my toolbox, the better I am. So I am working with a school counsellor. I go to information sessions to get more advice about what to do after a bushfire and how um, things pan out with children. Um, I'm dealing, I'm working with a psychologist Mm-hmm. And I talk to my clients and I be that voice and I say, you know, I actually said to someone today, do you think it's time for you to speak to someone? And they said, not yet, but it's not, not on the cards, you know, so. What's that not yet based on? Um, people need to do it when they're ready. 100%. Really yeah. is uh, when they are ready because I know that for a long time, like weeks that felt like months. Yeah. I had convinced myself that I was okay and I was getting better mm. because I was going to call the psychologist. Right. Interesting. That you're you like, know, I'm so okay because I'm open to doing it and I'm good with doing it. It's the story that we tell ourselves <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah, good point. And I was like, yep, it's okay. I'm going to call the psychologist. So therefore I was convincing myself that I was already working with a psychologist and I was going to get better. When, yeah. you know, I just, that was all just a whole heap of bullshit. So, but here's what you did really well. You kept moving. You looked after your food as much as you could. You stayed in control of what you could in the heat of it. That was not a pun intended, but like in the, like right at the crux of it, as well as afterwards. And you kept checking in, um, I don't know with everybody else, but certainly with me about, you know, your fitness improvements, your strength improvements, like the things that are normally important to you, you didn't let them go because of this big thing that had affected your town and your life. Absolutely. And I, you know, which is the hysteria of coronavirus too. It's like, if everyone is like, oh my God, but you're not going for a walk, you're not, you haven't upped your supplements, you haven't upped your veggies, you you are not protecting your body in the best way possible to not get it or to get it minimally, then you have no business panicking. Like you don't get to do it. Start looking after yourself and then maybe you can consider overreacting. Yeah. Yeah. I might've sounded a bit harsh, but. No, no, I agree. Like it's usually the people that aren't taking the steps that are panicking because they feel out of control. Yeah. I just don't understand why they need toilet paper. (laughs) I I really don't. Like, I think it's because they're worried that it's going to stop that all of a sudden, I think there's different reasons. I think people are assholes and they're trying to sell it for more than it's worth. I think that they're trying to get a captured market. I think that people are building their bunkers in case they need to isolate. And I think that also they're worried that things are going to stop getting made, that Australian manufacturing is going to shut down. Do you know, 
last Friday I ran a class. So we were going into our long weekend and the busiest weekend that we normally have in our town because people come for the races. It didn't happen. The horses didn't run, but whatever. I love that you guys have races even though horses aren't running. So you all just go to the track and just hang. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was like another blow to our community. It was like, oh, but everyone probably may well maybe they took the high road of they've already been through so much let's make sure we keep we still go yeah yeah you know um and i said to all my clients on friday like jokingly class is so busy today you must have all wanted to come to use my toilet because i've got heaps of toilet paper and i said you know we're gonna run out of toilet paper in town because we've got all these people coming into our town yeah and they're like they would have two thought processes um, we have no toilet paper where we live, so I'm going to sh- stock up when we're in this little country town because right. surely they'll have Oh, money. yeah, true. And then the second thing, they were probably thinking, well, this is my way of supporting their community. I'm going to put money they back into their local supermarket. It's like a good move. The yeah. story that they tell themselves. <laughs> There's been no toilet paper now on our shelf in our supermarket. What do you do? But here's the thing. Do they actually think that people that live in the country don't need to shit? <laughs> like... I don't think people think ahead. I think people are so consumed with their decision in that moment to serve themselves and then somehow convince themselves that they're helping that town. They probably have literally just gone, they'll get another delivery tomorrow and they'll be right. Yeah. That's not how it works. Anyway, so I guess, you know, well, I buy online. Kudos to who gives a crap. I think they've been... They've run out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I've heard. But I have a box. Did you hear about that woman that ordered 48 boxes of who gives a crap instead of 48 rolls and like <gasps> a truck turned up with like two pallets to her house and it cost her like yeah. 2000 something dollars and $400 delivery. Like I think Did they refunded her for, oh, I was like, huh? Panic. Panic. This is my point. She would have just been like, I got the toilet paper. Here's my credit card. Ding, 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 yeah, ding. And then yeah, the truck turns up and she's like, what? Look at the process. She would have still been like, <clears throat> obviously she hasn't done it before for her to go, oh, I'm going to buy 48 rolls. Rolls. Yeah. Panic, panic, panic. There's 48 rolls in a box. Mm. Panic. This is why. Perfect example. I know. This How sync doesn't we? belong in your life. Yeah. I know, but that's why we started this. We're generally on the same page. And so we thought we would have these conversations with everybody else instead of just to ourselves. Yeah. Maybe we should start saving our Snapchats to each other and use them on our like Instagram <gasps> page. I don't think so. <laughs> Imagine how much more we'd censor ourselves and we're like, nah. Actually, it's not even that bad. It's not about the language. It's not the language, it's the content. It's like the real place to unleash, to just be like, this is what's shitting me today. Now, I will say this. We do this, and I I know this is me and Amanda being Amanda, but we do do this to obviously get to the point where we can, you hate this word, but solutionize it and we can like move Mm. forward and not be stuck in that. Like there is a, there is a time for the, you know, what's really shitting me right now and voicing that. And there is a time for not letting it consume you and doing something about it, which is what we are all about. Yeah. I love it. I'm so proud of you. I love that bushfire has no place in your life anymore. No, no, I'm like speaking of it as a current, because I noticed that when I was there too, and it wasn't the time that I was like, Oh, she's still in this. Like this is. Yeah. And you know what? I, I might, that might reverse in a month. Like I actually don't know, but at the moment I feel I've removed myself. Yeah. 
I, I was sitting in Bright last night, I'll tell you, and that place is beautiful. I've only been there once, so probably about 12 years ago. Mm. And I was looking around at their beautiful green hills and I was like, assholes. <laughs> you know? You but just, even they've then, been hit. You can't be envious because they've been hit by no, lack just of people going further, like through them to in, get to, yeah, that looking around. Because when, when I sit at my house and I look outside now, I'm like, Black not like that and that's what people but think to too be, i think yeah. the perception is oh look how green it is now it will you know let's have a look it's probably green weeds it's not actually green grass yeah and we are not don't forget about us like we yeah. are not out of the woods yet yeah wow on so many levels yeah including yeah. toilet paper yeah Someone put up a post the other day and I can't remember what the things were, but they were like, it's March and we've already had bushfires, floods, coronavirus, and there was something else. There was a fourth thing. And I was like, that's a lot for one world to handle in three months. Yeah, huge. Three months. Huge. Although not forgetting all the people up here that had fires since September, but you know, yeah. like a lot. So I think piss off the panic. Oh, that's yeah. a good tagline. Ooh. Piss off the panic. That's what our podcast is going to be called. <laughs> Maybe not because it'll give it away. Um, and think about dealing with the facts. What's true? Yeah. What's not? What can you do? What can you do to feel in control? One of the things that we can do to feel in control is not just only have conversations with people about coronavirus. Like it's getting exhausting. Yeah. Nobody just wants to talk about a virus. that's just like the flu. And I know it can kill old people and infants. I'm not naive to that. But we don't need to let it consume us, like you with the bushfires. We don't need to let it consume us. I think the thing is, too, you need to be reacting in the heat of the moment, not be a reactive about the moment. A hundred percent. That's the truth bomb if I ever heard it. Because if it hasn't actually, if you're not like, oh, my husband came home with it or so-and-so has it that I know, then yeah. don't act like it's affecting you when it hasn't affected you yet. You're yeah. just prolonging the pain. For yeah. no reason, because you might never get it. But even if you do get it, then just yeah. react to that. Don't yeah, react act to the, in the moment. Don't be reactive about the moment. <laughs> yep. Love it. All right, yeah. guys, okay. we'd love to hear what you're quitting panicking about and what you've realised, if you're insightful like Beck, that you have been letting consume you for far longer than it should have in your thoughts and in your daily actions because they are two things that I will tell you will free up a lot of space in your life, in your mind and in your time with your daily habits and your daily actions. So let us know if you need any help with that. And otherwise, we shall see you next podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye.